Hello and welcome to another edition of the Top of the D podcast. I'm Ross Bone, aka the Top of the D, and here's what's coming up. The return of the prodigal son as things get edgy at Bowden with Simon Edgerton coming home. The Forsyth saga continues as Allen bags another hat-trick for Surbiton. And Surbiton's women capitalise on Holcomb's humbling to go five points clear in the women's Premier Division. All this and plenty more coming right up. So without further ado, let's get cracking. Before we get into all that, it's time for the first clue in this week's Who Am I? Um, If you didn't listen last week, this is where I give you three clues throughout the uh, course of the show to the identity of a mystery hockey player, and you have to guess who it is. It's just for fun, so without further ado, here's the first clue. I started my hockey career as a member of the Banana Bunch at Leicester Hockey Club, which I attended with my sister. That clue again. I started my hockey career as a member of the Banana Bunch at Leicester Hockey Club, which I attended with my sister. Well done if you've got that already. Uh, Clue number two coming up a bit later on in the show. As regular listeners will know, um, it's not often I venture outside the comfort of the Premier Leagues or international hockey on this show, Um, but being a resident of the North these days, um, this week you couldn't help but see the news of uh, the return of the prodigal son to Bowdoin Hockey Club, uh, Simon Edgerton. Um, Now, to give you sort of some context, this is a man who is Bowdoin through and through. Um, It's his boyhood club. Um, He's a a former international player who scored on both his indoor and outdoor international debuts uh, against Scotland and Germany, respectively. Um, He won the English title with Beeston and then uh, headed out to the Netherlands to try his luck in the Dutch league, initially with HGC. Um, In his first season at the club in 2013, I think it was, uh, he scored 25 goals, um, which earned him a move to Rotterdam, where he's played in the EHL and uh, the Dutch League since then, uh, scoring goals and reaching the end-of-season playoffs with the side and uh, generally um, enjoying a really successful time over there in the Netherlands. Um, He's also managed to find time to play in New Zealand twice, and also in Germany, um, in Germany where he scored goals to get uh, his side uh, promoted. Um, and it's fair to say that despite maybe not having the international career he might have dreamed of, his club career has more than made up for it and has been a roaring success. Um, with the advent of the Pro League, um, the Dutch League uh, is sort of quite divided this season. Um, they're currently taking a four-month break. So with that in mind, uh, Edgerton's come back to play at his boyhood club to try and help Bowden to win the North Conference and, and get themselves back up into the Premier League. Um, he made his uh, return this past week in a game against Sheffield Hallam, which was a 3-1 win for Bowden. 
And uh, despite having uh, nailed my colours to the Brooklands mast since I moved up here, um, I crossed enemy lines and went along to watch the game and to catch up with uh, with Simon post-match, just to find out a little bit about how it's all going, about his move back to Bowdoin, life abroad and, and everything else. So uh, here's what he had to say when we caught up post-match. So um, welcome back to Bowdoin for winning your first game. Must be pleased with that. Yeah, I think uh, it, it's been interesting coming back to the club and obviously adapting back to the style of play and stuff. But I, I really enjoyed it. <clears throat> we, I don't think we played too well at the start of the game. We just struggled with positional stuff. But in the end, we I think we were quite too strong for Sheffield. And you've, you've mentioned the style. Obviously, you've been playing uh, in the Dutch league and then you've come out to the uh, the Northern Prem. A bit more blood and thunder, perhaps. Yeah, I've got a few bruises now. <laughs> I'm still a bit battered and bruised. But actually, uh, yeah, we've done, yeah, we did quite well. And I, I, I think the, the, the hockey is a bit more aggressive over here and there's a bit more shouting and screaming at the umpires. But... <laughs> <clears throat> we got through it, and I think uh, we have to do that every week. Was that something that you were very aware of coming into this game, that it was going to be really different to what you've been playing? Yeah, I think so. Because, obviously, I played here three, four years ago. I had a season back, and obviously I knew what the standard of uh, <clears throat> the, the league was. And you have to adapt to it as well. I'm not, not saying that it's dramatically worse or, or anything like that, but it's just totally different. Um, the basic skills are obviously not as good, but actually... The, the passion for the game is, is massive and sometimes that <laughs> overflows and it comes out with cards on the pitch as well so it, it, it was enjoyable to play if not different and obviously you had um, you know, a very successful time in, in Holland I think uh, first season at HGC you scored 25 goals and you know, plenty of goals for Rotterdam as well what, what was it that's kind of uh, prompted the move to come back? Well, uh, so I got, I got married in the summer. I wasn't supposed to go back to Rotterdam, but because the Dutch league is uh, a bit disjointed this year in the fact that it goes for eight weeks and we get four and a half months break, I didn't want to sit around and twiddle my thumbs. So I thought, why not come home? My uh, wife has moved back home. So uh, I thought, why not come back to my, uh, my favourite club, <laughs> come back to Bowdoin and uh, play for, I think I get 12, 14 games in. So I get over half the season. And... Um, when when speaking to my family and stuff about everything, the, my family is part of the club, so it was a very easy decision to come back to Bowdoin for a bit. I mean, you could have potentially had your pick of clubs in England. So, what is it that draws you back to this place? It just, I, th- I think you've got to be part of the club to understand it. Um, it's just, if it, it feels like home every time you come here. You know, there's kids playing outside now. You can probably hear, but ever everyone comes here, they have a nice time. It's a warm atmosphere. Um, I said to one of the younger lads playing today, there's, there's no place like playing here. And I, I stand by it. I've been lucky enough to play all over the world, but actually these are the games that I enjoy the most. And uh, you mentioned sort of, um, you know, the experiences of playing all over the world, obviously played in New Zealand as well as, as, well as in the Dutch League. Um, what, what have you kind of uh, learnt from those? What sort of things have you taken from those experiences? Um, uh, probably uh, the different styles of play and actually... I've taken little bits, I always think I've taken little bits of different leagues into my game. Um, I played in Australia and I thought they played quite aggressive hockey so I try and bring that into the Dutch play with a bit of flair and hopefully have a little bit of that. Um, I have um, a little bit of a German defence when I played there as well. I just bring little things into it and every league is very different. Um, and I, yeah, and every, every league has been very enjoyable as well.
And uh, just looking at that that Bowden team today, there's obviously your brother out there, as uh, Richie Dawson Smith's back. There's a bit of a retro feel to yeah, it. Yeah, it was it's nice because obviously playing back my brother like it's been a few years, and it's probably he he said it's probably his last year of playing uh, with the first team. So it's nice to obviously get back with him with Richie. He came through the club just like me, um, and it's nice to see him back at the back back at the club. And there's there's also one or two familiar faces from the Premier League to our side of kind of five years ago um, so actually the core of the team is still quite strong but also it's nice to play with some really good friends as well and uh, Bowden five points clear at the top now after today's results <coughs> um, is the plan sort of uh, you know march on win the title get in the prem well you always look to the next game you want to kick on and the next game is Durham away um, and it's probably one of the biggest games of the season um, you get three points there and all of a sudden they're playing catch up um, so yeah, we're always looking every game we want to win, and uh, and, I, and I think this team has potential to go through this season maybe unbeaten. But yeah, I don't know. It's quite a bold call, but we did it four years ago when I was here last time, um, and I see the potential in the team to do it again. But again, we take every game as it comes, obviously, um, and the next one's probably one of the biggest ones of the season. And uh, so obviously the the Dutch season's kind of split. Will you go back to <coughs> Holland for sort of the rest of the season once the English stuff's finished? Yeah. So when uh, the season starts getting March, I think, so I get yeah four and a half months break, which is great, and uh, I can play for Bodum. But as soon as uh, the cut off point is to go back, I'm I'm, I'm back flying in and out again. Um, back in back in Holland, living in Manchester Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, back in Holland Thursday to Sunday, which is uh, it's fun. The novelty's worn off, but. It's still it's still good fun, but Love Class is the place to play hockey. So um, I look forward to going back there as well. So if if Bowden do go up to the Prem, does that give you a difficult decision for the following season where you want to play? Yeah, I think this this year uh, I said I wasn't going to play for Rotterdam again, but um, everything worked out that actually I, I end up doing it. Like <laughs> I don't think I'll be in Holland next year. Uh, I definitely won't be in Holland next year. So <laughs> I, I will be at Bowden next season. Because um, we're, you know, we've settled down back here, and uh, and and I obviously love this club, and I love Rotterdam, you know, just as much. But I'm always going to live back in Manchester. So you wouldn't consider a transfer to Brooklyn, maybe? <laughs> uh, not particularly. No, no. I've, uh, we, we might, I think my dad would disown me. I think <laughs> I think the club uh, would have something to say as well. But uh, yeah, Brooklyn's are doing obviously, obviously in the Premier League. I just hope they managed to stay up this season. They've had a tough start to the season, but we always want to see a North team in the Premier League. I think Mark and Gamma wouldn't forgive me if I hadn't at least tried. No, so. yeah. <laughs> no the good lads over there, I get on well with them. I, I like the lads. I just wish them best for the season because we, we do want a North team in the Premier League because otherwise, you know, it'll just turn into a London League in the end. Cool. So there you have it. Um, it was really great to catch up with Simon there. Um, having watched uh, a Bowden side with, uh, they've got an excellent young goalkeeper, James Mazzarello in goal. Um, EHL winner Richie Dawson Smith um, dictating things from the back. Obviously, Edgy coming back in, and they've got some good players around them. Um, they have a really great chance of winning the North Conference this year, so I'll be watching them with, with, with great interest. Um, one thing I would say is I really like his answer. You know, I sort of jokingly uh, tried to get him to come over to play for Brooklyn's, but. 
whilst there's obviously a rivalry between Bowden and Brooklands, um, what I loved was the uh, the proud northerner sort of trumped that. Um, Edgy wants both sides to be successful um, because of their you know northern roots. Rather, you know, all rivalries put aside, um, he just wants North Hockey to be thriving. I thought that was really interesting and uh, yeah, really sort of great point of view and uh, yeah as a, a resident of the north myself it's definitely a sentiment that I echo. It's now time for the second clue in this week's who am I quiz. So here it is clue number two. Leicester, Loughborough students, Beeston and Holcombe are four of the five clubs I have played for in this country. That clue again, Leicester, Loughborough students, Beeston and Holcombe are four of the five clubs I've played for in this country. Uh, Well done if you've got that already. Final clue coming up later on in the show. So it's now time to take a quick look at the uh, latest goings-on in the Investec Women's Premier League. Um, I think a good place to start this week is the shock result as uh, Slough grabbed their first win of the season with a 2-1 victory over title hopefuls Holcomb. Uh, it's two goals for Emma O'Neill, which did the damage. Um, from what I've been told, um, it's the same penalty corner routine twice in three minutes, which paid dividends for Slough. And then they did a, a backs-to-the-wall job to keep Holcomb at bay and to take the three points. Um, obviously, Slough struggled last year, and, and it looks as though this season they're again going to be one of those sides who spends the campaign looking over their shoulders. So... To get three points off one of the title contenders is an absolutely huge result for them. It lifts them above Bowdoin, Canterbury and Clifton and it keeps them in touch with the teams above them as well. Um, Personally, I think Slough's season will be defined by their results against the teams around them rather than the teams at the top of the league. But obviously these are three precious points that they probably wouldn't have banked on getting um, and you know could end up being crucial when all said and done at the end of the season. Um, what that meant was that Surbiton were able to open up a five-point gap at the top after they produced a 3-1 win over Beeston. A strange game this one. All the goals came in the first 20 minutes. Um, Surbiton showed their depth once again with Jenna Wolven scoring two. Olivia Chilton getting the other. Um, I thought Beeston made a good fist of it, but it looked like Surbiton were were always in control of that one. Never really looked like losing. And um, you've got to say, it's looking daunting for the rest of the league with, with Brett Garrard's side already sort of asserting their dominance. You know, it's going to take something special for teams to, to sort of claw that five-point gap back and, and overhaul Surbiton from here. Um, Buckingham are up to second and they continue to impress. They beat Canterbury 4-0. Um, Helen Fagg in the Canterbury goal made, made a couple of good saves, but... Uh, the deadlock was broken with a really lovely deflection from Eloise Leite. Um, Canterbury perhaps a bit unlucky. Grace Paulson hit the post from a penalty corner. Um, Ella Jackson made a brilliant save from another Ballston penalty corner. Um, but Buckingham took control and scored via an absolute rocket um, trademark penalty corner strike from Zoe Shipley. And uh, Natasha James and Phoebe Richards sealed the win. 
and uh, strengthened Buckingham's uh, position in the table. And so they're now second behind Surbiton. Um, East Grinstead still in the mix, just a point back. Uh, they beat Clifton 1-0. Um, they would be, something that's probably gone under the radar, East Grinstead would be in a better position, but they were deducted three points by England Hockey for fielding an ineligible player earlier on in the season. So obviously that's uh, dented their position slightly. Um, Clifton, they're currently third from bottom. They've got one win from six. Um They've been an absolutely top Premier League side for a long time now. Um, But there's sort of a bit of a worrying pattern emerging with their games this season, um, which I've seen. And and that's that they they play well every week. They compete in every game. Um, They're defensively not too bad. They're they're, they're moving the ball well. Um, They're creating chances, but they aren't scoring enough goals. And a lot of the games they're coming away from empty-handed or with a point when... Perhaps they they could have picked up more points. I mean, obviously there's a long way to go in the season, um, but it's a habit that they'll need to get rid of sooner rather than later if they're going to avoid being in trouble at the end of the season. Um, You know, so I have a lot of time for for the guys down at Clifton, so I really hope that, uh, you know, it's it's a habit that they can sort of address and start moving themselves back up the table. Um. Bowden might feel a bit hard done by to slip to bottom of the league after they picked up a creditable draw against the University of Birmingham. Um, and they travelled to Clifton this week, which now looks like being an absolutely massive game in the context of the season. Time now for the third and final clue in today's Who Am I quiz. Here we go. I scored twice on my England debut in a 3-1 win over Australia at the Champions Trophy. And since then, I've gone on to score 52 international goals, including three at the Olympic Games in Rio. That clue again. I scored twice on my England debut in a 3-1 win over Australia at the Champions Trophy. And since then, I've gone on to score 52 international goals, including three at the Olympics in Rio. Um, That should probably have given it away for you now. Um, Answer coming up a bit later on towards the end of the show. So now a chance to take a a quick look at what's gone on in the men's Premier Division this week. Probably logical place to start is the clash between Hampstead and Westminster who went into the weekend as the league leaders. Hampstead and Westminster against Holcomb, which was played at the Lee Valley Hockey and Tennis Centre. Um, looked like a pretty even game, some good chances from both sides, um, but it ended up a nil-nil draw. Uh, thanks in part to a superb save from uh, Hampstead goalkeeper Toby Reynolds-Cottrell right at the end. Um, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Uh, super piece of goalkeeping, big diving left-hand glove save, which you can see on Galvanised Monday Night Hockey. If you haven't seen it already, that's well worth a look for you. Um East Grinstead picked up their third win of the season. This was against Seven Oaks in what proved to be an exciting match that finished 3 2. A um, couple of thoughts on this one. Uh, Liam Ansell 
looked like he gave East Grinstead a little dash of quality that they've been missing without their internationals in the past few weeks. Um, although it was Seven Oaks' Ali Taylor who scored arguably the goal of the week with a really lovely sort of chopped, lofted finish. Um, again, check that out on Galvanised if you haven't seen it. Anyone who has seen it, I'd be interested, particularly if there are any umpires out there, to get in touch and let me know your thoughts on that goal. Um, Basically, it comes from an aerial, and I know East Grinstead weren't happy with whether the five yards was given to the defender on the aerial leading up to it. Um, can't argue with the uh, quality of Ali Taylor's finish, but yeah, I'd be really interested to know if uh, anyone thinks that five yards should have been blown, or if I'm just being daft and it's play on and a great goal. Anyway, get in touch in Twitter if you've got uh, on Twitter if you've got a thought on that. I'm on at the top of the D. Let me know what you think, goal or no goal. Um, obviously, in terms of the game itself, East Grinstead versus Seven Oaks, uh, it looked like corners were really the difference. Um, East Grinstead ex- executed theirs really, really well. Um, Don Bowden's goal was almost blasé. It was so well executed. You know, Faulkner picks him out and he just sort of gently you know, gets his stick on the floor and diverts it in. It's a beautifully taken goal, but as I say, just just so casual and so blasé. Um, Faulkner and, and Liam Ansel both scored drag flicks into the same spot as well, which were the three goals. Um, as a goalkeeper and, and uh, a massive hockey nerd, something I sort of picked up on watching the, uh, watching the replays back, and in particular the, the replays from inside the goal... Um, it looks to me as though Richard Potton, the, the Seven Oaks goalkeeper, um, on the corners, he's he's moving out to a set position that's not that far behind the penalty spot, which um, if you look at a lot of sort of modern day goalkeepers, that's a really long way out. Um, and it looks certainly on Ansel's flick that maybe he hasn't quite given himself that much time to get set and is perhaps beaten by the pace of the shot rather than the placement. And don't get me wrong, it's a good flick, and, and I certainly, you know, I'm not having a go. I'm certainly, you know, I, I couldn't play at that level, so, you know, it's, it, it certainly shouldn't come across as critical. But I just wonder if, if Potton doesn't quite try to go out so far to get himself set, does he give himself more time to get into his set position and therefore more time to react to the flick and therefore a better chance of saving that shot? Um, I say it's just a just a thought, just an observation that that I came up with whilst watching the games. Um, elsewhere, Reading moved up to sixth with a, a great win over Wimbledon, who are now in the bottom three after six games. Um, spoken a lot about the turnover of players at Reading and how things will take time to gel, um, and it looks like it's starting to click now. Um, they. They still look really good going forwards. Um, Lee Morton again, you know, lots of pace and trickery and skills. And but this week, perhaps different to the previous weeks, where I've been a little bit critical of them defensively, and I was quite impressed with how they defended. Um, didn't give Wimbledon a lot of clear cut chances, and and when they did, Chris Wyver made some good saves. Um, so I'm quite impressed with sort of the improvement that Reading are showing week to week. And who knows, if they keep that up, um, you know, the, as the season wears on, they could really become, really come good and really be a challenger. Um, Wimbledon, well, what can you say? Uh, one of the strongest squads in the division. And they're third from bottom after six games. And I, I can't get my head around it. Um, 
I just assume that like last season, they're waiting to go on a mega run, um, which will, you know, a late charge into the playoffs. But um, they're apparently waiting, you know, a bit longer than they did last season and they're certainly giving themselves plenty to do. Um, Brooklands, uh, my mates, um, Mark Bateman and... and uh, and Gamo, Paul Gannon, they took their team down to uh, Exeter University, the long trip from the, the frozen north to the West Country, um, but they're up to the dizzy heights of 7th place after a 3-1 win. Um, thing that catches the eye, obviously, is the double for David Flanagan. He's now got five goals in six games, and you know he's playing brilliantly for Brooklands this season. Um, it's rare for Brooklands that you don't have a Flanagan on the score sheet, uh, but this season it's the younger one who's chipping in, uh, which is great to see. Um, yeah, as I say, he's he's becoming a, an even more important player for them. Um, we've obviously seen his cricketing prowess on a galvanised clip with the goal line clearances, but he's shown that he's not too shabby at the other end of the field as well. Um, the game I've left off. Obviously, it's Surbiton reach at the top of the league on goal difference, thanks in part to a hat-trick from Alan Forsyth, which takes him to 11 goals for the season. Um, it's a cracking game against Beast and uh, real end-to-end stuff. Um, but I thought, high time I talked to Scotland's greatest goal machine. So I did. Here's what Alan Forsyth had to say about the weekend. Um, so, first and foremost... Um, you're sort of at the top of the league after a tough game against Beast, and how how was that game, and what what your kind of thoughts coming out of it? Yeah, I think like we know ourselves, it's always a tough game when you play against Beast, and especially away from home. But I think we went in, which obviously we've only had really two games with the full squad together. So in with a squad that has what you say is been the core squad in the recent games. So I think we're starting to click together. So there's some young players coming through. And some new boys that have come in and sort of the replacement from the England boys because they've not been able to play as much the first half of the season. But I think we know how good we are in attack and in defence. We're just making sure we're switched on for the full 70 minutes, which in the past has been our slight, say, a negative for us. But we, we thought, again, we actually started quite slow against Beeston. But we followed through with the positive result at the end, which we knew we could always do once. We sort of went behind, there was no panic, we just knew that we had to get on my game. And I mean, um, you know, you've got some really good strength and depth at Surbiton this uh, this year, you know, Ben Boone coming in and, um, you know, Zach Wallace has really taken off. I mean, um, it must be great to kind of look around the team, even when you're not at full strength, and see the quality you've got. Yeah, of course, yeah. I think that's one thing the club always had as a bonus, is it always provides, like, Great youth, like Will Falker and people that are doing an amazing job sort of bringing the youth through. So we've always had, even like uh, Rory Callan, Will Callan's brother, younger brother's come through, he's been playing for us and he's been absolutely brilliant. I think there's a Matt Connor Williamson as well, so there's enough young talent coming through and, and I think the boys that we've signed this year have fitted them pretty, pretty well already. I think Booney and Royce have already scored, what, about 10 goals between them. And that's been the first season with them, so I think it's been brilliant. And uh, you yourself, obviously, you've mentioned goals, a hat trick at the weekend. That's got to feel pretty nice. Yeah, I think, well, um, I've always wanted to say that winning's the most important thing, but I feel part of my job is, as a forward, just to put the ball in the back of the net. So if, if we're winning and I'm doing that, I think I can't complain at the moment. 
And um, that takes you to 11 goals already this season. And obviously, you know, scored a fair few over the last few years. So what's what's the secret? Um, I, I, to be honest, I don't really know. I've always, it just seems to be something that I've done through youth. And since I started to play, even when I played football, I, I was the same. I think I've just always had an eye for goal. And I've always... My mum always lets me know that I got it from her just when she was playing for Scotland and she's played football as well and she's played for like GB hockey. I think she's always been a bit of a goal scorer so I've always like watched her stand at the sidelines and I've taken notes. And, um, you know, I, I sort of look sometimes at the breakdown of the goals and, um, you know, something I've sort of tongue-in-cheek mentioned to you on Twitter, you score all your goals pretty much from open play and not corners. Are you ever tempted to sort of muscle in on the top of the D and start shooting from those as well? Oh, trust me, I have tried. It just doesn't work. <laughs> it's, um, I think being able to drive flex is definitely a, a specialist to have definitely a spare corner routine to have but I just think I've trust me many people have said to me and I've, I have tried it just I just don't have the technical ability for it I've tried my heart so we, used to bring it, we used to bring the tap out every now and again so I can do that <laughs> but I think there's too many good flickers nowadays that I'm I'm quite far behind down the line so we're not going to see sort of uh, you suddenly turning into Gonzalo Pella in the next six no. months then uh, no I really I don't. I just don't have that in my locker. As much as I try and convince Pelney at times, but it just doesn't work. And um, you know, with regards sort of uh, Serbian defending champions, and and you know you're already up at the top of the league, but massive game against uh, Hampstead this week. Well, what are you expecting from them? I always expect a tough game against Hampstead. I do think they have one of the best, if not the best, squad in the league. Just with their as a strong 16 so I think it's going to be an extremely tough game for us especially with us missing the five six England boys that unfortunately can't play for us so it will be a tough game just got to make sure that we're ready to play because we know for a fact that everyone wants to come to Subway and everyone wants to try and beat us at home so uh, and Hampstead after the playoffs definitely want to get one over us so but they are they're an extremely strong squad but i'm hoping it'll be a good game at the weekend now what are sort of the, the targets for surbiton overall this season is it retaining that title very much on the agenda yeah of course yeah we want to make sure we retain that title and also the ehl is quite a big one as well we want to try and go there and maybe do something special that not only wimbledon have really done i think redden have done before so try and get as far as we can and we've got a lot of work to do to be able to do that but I think we've actually we've got we definitely have the squad and I think for the EHL everyone will be back for it so just really exciting time so I'm building forward towards that. So I mean the EHL obviously it's a really tough competition but is that is that like a massive kind of um, thing for people at Surbiton that, that you want to really make your mark on that? Oh yeah, I think I think after last year because we had to pull out because of the Commonwealth Games, we just we just didn't have the numbers in the squad because Scotland, England, and Wales were all away at the Commonwealth Games, and I think that took out thirteen or fourteen of our players yeah. if everyone was selected. So it's definitely something with the girls hosting the tournament. The girls have been in Europe the last five years consistently. It's definitely something you want to help. It's not just for the club; I think it's more. For England hockey in general, you want to have a club 
in the EHL that is performing consistently each year and it's only really Wimbledon that have done that and in the last sort of three years they've been out and really competed with the top teams in Europe and we want to make sure that we are going to be doing the same as well. Oh, that's brilliant. That's great. So that was uh, Alan Forsyth, uh, Surbiton and Scotland's greatest goal machine. Um, some really interesting comments about um, not just the domestic side of things um, and Surbiton's ambitions there, but um, also their ambitions to um, start making their mark on the European scene, I think, um, were really interesting to me. Um, like you said, you know, English teams perhaps haven't fared as well as we might have liked in the EHL. Um, and evidently, Surbiton think they have the decide to sort of uh, change that and um, emulate something that Wimbledon did recently and obviously Reading did way back when so it'd be interesting to see how they get on with that. I also love the fact that uh, being a, a relentless goal getter uh, runs in the family too um, yeah it made me smile when he said that uh, basically he gets his uh, goal scoring prowess from his mum who also knew where the goal was and uh, would stop at nothing to score so um, definitely a fantastic trait to have passed on to her son and uh, you know that's something that we've uh, seen in evidence plenty of times over the years so here's a, a little something that's new this week um, those of you who listen regularly I remember that last week I decided to put the hockey partridge segment out to pasture. Um, and I was kind of racking my brain for something that could replace it, um, just to provide a little bit of comic relief. Um, so anyway, I was chatting to someone in the week about uh, nicknames and uh, how they come about. Um, so, you know, often the best ones are the ones where the recipient doesn't like it or they tell the story of a funny or an embarrassing moment or often they're just a bit odd. Um, being the childish and inquisitive man that I am, um, I wondered if there are any good ones out there. So I posed the question on my Twitter asking for the hockey family to submit their best nicknames. And, well... You didn't disappoint, that's for sure. Um, the response to this was huge, and uh, what I was planning to be sort of a one-off feature, um, I may have to run into a second and maybe even a third week, such as the response I got. Um, some of them I'm still weighing up whether I can use them on the show, because um, I think broadly this has been a family show to this point, um, so I may not be able to use some of them, I'm going to have a look at them over the course of the week, um, so you may have to wait until next week to find out why Holcomb Ladies First Eleven uh, became known as the Hungry Camels, for example, um, I don't know, maybe I'll bring that one out next week, um, this week, I've very much gone safe, and for ones that I know I can use. Um, so here's a couple that I can tell. Here we go. Nicknames are bad names. So the first one from today, um, Old Seal Hillians got in touch. Old Seals. Um, they have, as a lot of teams do, um, an Australian 
um, who plays for them. Her real name is Sophie. However, she uh, rather embarrassingly identified the capital city of her home nation as Sydney and not Canberra. So she has henceforth been known as Sydney. Um, Obviously quite an embarrassing one, so ticks that box. Um, And uh, always fun to uh, see something like that stick. Um, So if you're listening out there, Sophie, uh, good day, Sydney, on you. Phil Stubbley, who is at Whip Hubley on Twitter, I believe he's involved with Leeds Hockey Club. Um, Doesn't say in your bio, so apologies if that's incorrect. Um, Anyway, he plays in a team with somebody called Dogger. No, not because of that. Get your minds out the gutter. It's because he worked in the pet food industry and had to miss a couple of games to go to Crufts. Hence, Dogger was born. Um, I like that one. A bit misleading, but good nonetheless. Um, the final entry this week is probably my favourite of all the submissions that came in. Uh, it's come from Tim Whiteman. Uh, Tim, of course, is Halston Magpies player coach, former England international, former Beast and star. Um, Tim plays in a team with a guy called UEA Dave. It's a great one, this. Um, the guy's real name is Dave. And he goes to university at UEA. That's it. UEA Dave. Um, proof if proof were needed. You don't need to be complicated or flashy with your nicknames. Sometimes the Roy Walker say what you see approach is perfect. Um, if you don't get the Roy Walker reference, um, ask your parents. Um, as I say, given the deluge of responses I got, uh, some of which I'm still weighing up whether I can use or not on air, um, I'll bring this feature out next week. But in the meantime, if you have a nickname you want me to uh, feature, uh, tweet me at the top of the D. Let me know the best one from your team and the story behind it, and uh, it could feature on next week's podcast. So before we go, um, it's just time to get the answer to this week's Who Am I quiz out there. The clues were, I started my hockey career as a member of the Banana Bunch at Leicester Hockey Club, which I attended with my sister. Leicester, Loughborough Students, Beeston and Holcombe are four of the five clubs I've played for in this country. And the final clue was, I scored twice on my England debut in a 3-1 win over Australia at the Champions Trophy. And since then, I've gone on to score 52 international goals, including three at the Olympics in Rio. The answer is, of course, your friend and mine, England and old Georgian's goal machine, Sam Ward. Uh, Well done if you got that one at home. Never mind if you didn't. It'll be another Who Am I quiz on next week's show. So that's um, all we've got time for this week. Um, thank you ever so much for joining me again. As I always say, I appreciate everyone who tunes in. Uh, it certainly makes recording this worthwhile. Um, otherwise, it's just me talking to myself for half an hour. Um, anyway, don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Leave a review on iTunes, all that sort of stuff. Um, if you want to get in touch and talk about hockey with me, I'm on Twitter, at the top of the D. And I'm on the same name on Instagram. 
Um, and if you want to read any of my written content or watch any of the videos I've made during the Europeans, um, then visit my website, which is www.thetopofthed.com. Thanks for listening. See you again next week. Thank you.